Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So it's time. The calendar the calendar is coming up fast on because uh, now Apple has sent out invitations for what is you know, presumed to be the iPhone event, as is uh, typically the case in early September. And as we know, the iOS of the year release date tends to follow within a few days, uh, maybe up to a week of the iPhone event, which means that all of us developers out there have effectively a, a pretty a pretty well-known deadline now for when iOS 17 will be released and when we can get our apps submitted to the App Store. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's probably worth just putting that into it's, 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 a, it's a slightly funny thing that it's like, you know, the, the, everyone expects this to be the iPhone event. It's the biggest, you know, sort of typically, you know, it's one of the bigger events on the Apple commercial side of things. It's like, I am not particularly interested in which shades of gray my iPhone is going to come in this year. It's like, what I care about is now we have a date. Now I can do some math and try and work out, like, how do I need to back plan? How can I be ready for when iOS 17 presumably launches uh, after this? Um, and for a bit of context, it's like the reason why I, I pay so much attention to this and think a lot about it is it's been, you know, in my life, it has been very important to be ready to go as soon as like as soon as Apple says you can submit your new app, it's important that you're ready to, to submit. Um, it's not always it's not like massively important insofar as like if you aren't it's like, OK, but there's an opportunity that exists in being early that doesn't exist otherwise. And like the main the main time this happened was back when I was 14 launched with widgets. And, you know, they, there was an event on Tuesday, September 15th, and iOS 14 launched the next day, Wednesday, yes. <laughs> September 16th. We had one day's notice. Um, and so ever since, I am a bit more careful and, like, you know, sort of I, I move things forward compared to when I think the event is in terms of my planning to make sure that I am absolutely ready to go. I think that was an outlier. I hope that's an outlier. Yes. I mean, goodness. I, <laughs> I, I expect uh, the feedback that Apple got from developers on that seems to have shown them that was a poor idea. And I, I'm hoping they have they I mean, they didn't repeat it the next two years. And I'm hoping they will not repeat it again. <laughs> yes. And because if we look at history, I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. It's like generally, I would say the most common time in recent history that Apple release iOS after their first fall event is the Monday after it. So like last year, the event was on September 7th and the following Monday, the 12th was when iOS uh, 16 launched the year before that. The event was on the, the 14th. It iOS 15 launched uh, the Monday after that, September 20th. So if that pattern, you know, cons- you know, continued this year, we would expect Monday, September 18th uh, to be the day that it, that it launched. I think that is the most likely day, but I'm certainly planning as, you know, all of my things to be ready to go, all my ducks in a row, et cetera, um, to be ready to go for September 13th, which would be the, you know, if they did, if they put, well, actually, yes, it's really the 12th. Uh, if somehow they did one of those and it's like, and it's available tomorrow. Um, if they pulled <laughs> one of those, I want to be ready to go. But most likely I'm planning towards September 18th uh, is the most likely day. Yeah. Um, the earliest I would expect iOS to, to be released would be the Friday the 15th. So the Friday of the event week that has that has occasionally happened, something like that. But I, I don't I, that's not they're, they're probably going to give us more time than that. Um, but we will see. I mean, one thing is is pretty reasonably uh, assured that we are almost certain to get the Xcode GM release on 
the 12th on the iPhone event day. That almost always happens where it comes out like maybe an hour after the event or something like that. And then that's when we are allowed to submit our apps to the App Store with the final Xcode. Because until then, you can only do test flights. And even then, it's kind of spotty. But until then, when you're using the beta Xcode, you can't submit anything from, from anything that says Xcode beta. So on the 12th after the event, most likely that's when we will get the final Xcode that will no longer say beta on it that we can submit these apps to the App Store with. And so that's going to be, you know, keep in mind, that's going to be when everyone else is also going to be submitting their apps to the App Store. Um, Now, you can use this to your advantage or not. Um, So, you know, the 12th is a great day to submit something to the App Store for if you want it to be ready on day one for iOS 17. Um, Maybe the 13th or 14th are are less good days because then you're in the back of what's probably going to be a substantially sized line. That being said, you can use this kind of to your advantage. Don't tell Apple that I said this. But if you have something that you think you kind of want to get by app review and you're a little nervous about whether they whether you're like next to a line or not, maybe, or vagary in the rules and you're like, mm, I don't know if they're going to give me a hard time about this. Just theoretically, this might be a very good time to submit that. <laughs> <laughs> just because oh they they staff they staff up like crazy and they they do plow through the list pretty effectively during that time so it's just just worth knowing but um anyway um not that i would ever recommend that you that you violate a rule but you know there's a lot of vagaries around a lot of these that you know it's some of them can make you more nervous than others about whether whether something will fly or not so anyway um so yeah this is this is a a very exciting and very nerve-wracking time for for us ios developers because you know, there's a lot of expectations that our fans have. There's a lot of like, you know, big press that happens around this time. Um, our customers will have will have certain, you know, demands really that you know that you adopt certain things in the new OS. This year in particular, I I think the the big major headlining feature, which of course is great for you, Dave, is the interactive widget system. And I think this mm-hmm. is the thing. Like, you know, I find myself in a in a weird situation this year. That I'm in the middle of a giant rewrite of, of huge parts of my app. And that's not ready yet. And that won't be ready for a, for a while. And so I have to, like, but like the, the shipping version of my app, I'm basically keeping it in maintenance mode right now. I'm not really adding anything big to it. I'm, I'm trying not to spend much work on it because most of that work will be wasted. Most of that work I will have to rewrite in the new version with the new architecture and the new language and everything else. So I'm trying not to do that much to my old version, but... This is a good time to, to you know for me to kind of look around and say, well, if I don't do anything for this fall launch, that's going to look pretty bad for my customers, and they might think my app is abandoned, and they might start looking around for alternatives, or they might start leaving me one star reviews, which would bring down my average, which you know that's not good either. So this year, I've decided, you know, I'm not doing much else in the in the shipping app for this year again because it would just be you know redundant wasted effort as i should be working on getting the the rewrite out faster um but i did remake all of my widgets for ios 17's new style and for interactivity on on a uh, honestly on a very basic level you know if you have the beta installed and you look at apple podcasts widgets they're basically like that like I, i basically made overcast versions of those interactions so you know simple you know, play button under some of the some of the things that you can play, and then if you tap the thing without hitting the play button, it opens the thing in the app without actually playing it. Like that's it. Those are my widgets. <laughs> they look just like the Apple Podcast ones, basically, but mine are orange instead of purple. Um, and that's what I'm doing. And and I think you know if you if you're kind of you know behind schedule with your app or you have an app like this that's kind of you know kind of temporarily or permanently in, in more of a maintenance mode. 
I think if you can if you ship sometime soon basic interactive widgets, I think that will satisfy what people expect from I, from an iOS 17 update for your app. Um, you know, you're not you're not going to win any awards if you if you do a fairly simple job like what I'm doing. You know, I'm not I'm not expecting not, not only am I, not, am I not expecting praise, I'm not expecting any press. Uh, you know, for what I'm doing <laughs> because it's pretty basic. It's not that interesting, uh, and and that's kind of what I need right now, so I can keep focusing on the rewrite for you know for the most part and get that out sooner. Uh, but you know, for for most apps, I think the minimum customers will expect if widgets make sense for your app is interactive widgets. I, I certainly hope so. It's like, yeah, it's like I'm on the other side of that. It's like interactive widgets is like all I've been thinking about and doing and like dreaming about for the last couple of months. And so it's like, I certainly hope that they're not one of these features that just kind of comes out and doesn't go anywhere. But, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about that too much. I mean, widgets are, I mean, obviously, you know, that widgets are popular, but even like I, I can say like even among an app like mine, where like the the purpose of my app is not widgets. And yet, I have something like here. I'll look it up. I, something like eleven percent of my active users have at least one widget set up on their phone for Overcast. That's a significant. Like that's higher than I would have guessed. Especially considering my app does not appeal only to people who are looking for widgets, and it also does not appeal only to like super power users, super nerds. I have a bit broader of an appeal than that. Uh, and so, like eleven percent of all installations having widgets configured that's pretty big like that 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 is bigger than i would expect like for you know for reference the apple watch is is um something like a third you know so it's like about about a third of people have the apple watch about about 11 percent have widgets that's a lot of people so i i think widgets have surprisingly high adoption for something that appears on first glance to be more of a power user feature um it turns out as you know very well it turns out there's much wider broad market appeal for widgets in various ways um, so I think that is actually going to be a pretty big thing. And and interactive widgets do make them substantially better, I think, in use. Like, you know, I, I mean, because it's still beta season and I'm not on too many test flights, I'm only using a couple of interactive widgets. But it really does improve the experience of using a widget as a user so much that I think people will fairly immediately start to demand it. And, and not not necessarily in major ways you know nobody's expecting you to like build an entire tetris clone in your widget or anything um but just basic ways like whatever if your widget was doing anything besides displaying information if there was any kind of you know dynamic functionality possible or or implied in it if it's you know of course you know the examples apple gave like to-do lists sure right but if it's doing pretty much anything else, if there's any information that, that you could make the display better by adding some light interactivity or any action the user can take in your app that can be simplified and, and be taken more quickly by an interactive widget, they're going to expect that pretty much immediately. The first time people use anyone else's interactive widget, they're going to want yours to be interactive too because it it, it so dramatically improves and the, the experience of that and so dramatically reduces the friction of it. But yeah, so it's like now the real question is just getting ready for that day, right? For getting ready for September 12th. It's like, I think it's, you framed it well in the sense of it's like iOS 17, it's a good chance we'll come out on the 18th, but the 12th is the day that we can target for like whatever we have, we need to have it ready by then. And that is as we're recording, it's basically 13 days or something like that. <laughs> um, it's terrifying. From now. It's like 12, 13 days. Um, and I think it's something that I just wanted to mention here is I think a process that I've found super helpful 
I've mentioned it, I think, before on the show, but it's just a thing that it's a philosophy that I found to, to really help me is to now that we have the date, now that we have the deadline, we need to it's like I draw a line sometime before that and draw a line in the sand and say, this is my no more new features uh, day uh, for me. Th- that's going to be the end of the end of Friday. So the end of September f- uh, 1st of this week, I'm going to put up a sign on my under my under my monitor. It says no new features. And from that point on, I'm going to switch from building to, you know, fixing, polishing, refining. And, you know, in that case, I'm giving myself a little over a week um, of polish and refinement work. Uh, I think this is a pattern that I found was super helpful in terms of getting me out of this, you know, sort of getting out of the the habit of shipping things that aren't quite polished, aren't quite finished. You know, there being there being more bugs that than I'd like in the initial version. It's like since I switched to this concept of it's like there's this deadline and then there's this period where I don't add new features. I add, you know, just I'm just testing constantly. I'm and I'm doing things like I'm only you know doing tests from test flight builds rather than from Xcode builds to make sure that in case there's some weird thing that when you do an archive of the app versus when you do a debugging build of the app, it behaves differently. I'm doing things like I'm downloading the app store current app store version of my app i mean then you know setting up a thing you know do do a bunch of use in the app on a testing phone then i go to test flight and download the new version and sure and test the like the, the migration works that things aren't broken or weird if you're going from one to the other um because it's just one of these things that if you don't do all the different kinds of testing, make sure that you also are testing, you know, different phones, uh, different iOS versions. This is where I, you know, I've often found myself falling into traps where, you know, so for example, Widgetsmith supports iOS 14 and later. Oh no. Which is, which is fine. Like I, I, I've worked through that. It's great. But <laughs> how many phones are on your desk right now? <laughs> there's, I have a number. Um, <laughs> I mean, I really, I have a 14, 15, 16, and 17 are my main like testing testing phones um, i'm sorry my number was three <laughs> yeah it's like i think i have i mean in, in my the drawer next to me i have i don't know say eight or nine. Oh yeah that's, not kind of the drawer yeah the, the drawers yeah. Are, are off limits just what's on the desk <laughs> i got three right now yeah just on the desk is four <laughs> but that's and that's just part of part of the game and i think you know the number of times i've found things where it's like oh there's some you know new feature that i'm adopting in 17 which i need to hide in 14 or i need to adapt differently but i haven't been noticing it because i've just been running it on 17 um all the, all the time and it's less of a problem than it used to be i would say back in the old like objective c days um i had a lot more issues where you would you know use some new api on ios 14 and it would you know crash your app because it wouldn't you know unknown symbol essentially yeah uh, that's less of a problem now with swift availability checking like that's less of what i'm running into but it's more like there's a feature that if you open a particular screen on ios 14 it's just empty because there's like a if available check and only the you know ios 17 version of it actually shows something so you need to hide it or those kind of testing that is just an important time and for me that will start you know i guess next monday will be the beginning of my testing regime and polishing regime and then you know towards the end of that will be the sort of transition into marketing but that's a whole other sort of activity to begin We are brought to you this episode by Indeed. What's a game where no one wins? The waiting game. When it comes to hiring, don't wait for great talent to find you. Find them first with Indeed. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with just the right skills, you can use Indeed's powerful hiring platform to help you do it all. 
Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With an instant match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job. According to Indeed data, U.S.'s Indeed hiring platform really is great because it gets you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements, making it an unbelievably powerful hiring platform, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash under the radar. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash under the radar. That's I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash under the radar to support the show by saying that you heard about it on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of this show and Relay FM. So the other thing that I found to be super helpful about drawing a, you know, putting up my no more new feature sign is I inevitably in the earlier parts of my, you know, iOS indie, indie career, I would keep working on the technical side right up until submission and you know, all of my actual marketing screenshots, app store description, all that stuff would be a complete afterthought thought that I just never actually devoted the appropriate attention to that um, would mean that I would do all this work, do all these cool features, and they would not be nearly as widely adopted because people wouldn't know they exist or I wouldn't get as sort of much benefit from them on the marketing side. And so creating this extra space is also helpful um, you know, in, in, in that regard. And I think when I'm talking about marketing here, we did talked about this a bunch in the last episode, but, you know, especially coming into a new release, there's an educational piece of how do you, you know, you need to expose customers to the new stuff and we need to reach out to, you know, the, both to Apple editorial as well as to the press to let people know that you're doing something cool, you know, that there's, you know, at the end of a WBDC, they always sort of con- conclude with the, you know, the line sort of like, we can't wait to see what you've done with it. And it's like, well, now is the time that people get to see what we've done with it. And, you know, I, I think I'm doing some interesting things with interactive widgets, but like, I have no idea if my, like, my interesting is the going to be like the most interesting. Someone else could have been coming up with this whole other thing that's totally revolutionary and amazing. And it's like, that's awesome, but it's like, they need to find a way to share that. And so I think the other thing is, that's important for us to do in the next couple of, in the next, you know, I guess 14 days is to work on that kind of thing. And I think something that I want to point out specifically this year that I'm doing that I haven't done in a while is I'm ex- also going to expect to work on an app preview video for my app. Uh, because I think interactive widgets in, in particular are a feature that is hard to describe and show statically, but trivial and obvious to show in a, you know, in a video in something that's you know, has some liveliness to that, that you can show a user interacting with the widget and the widget responding to it. Um, and so that's something that I'm expecting to do. It's going to take a bunch of time to some degree. I'm not great with video. I'm got, I've gotten better at it, but I'm going to work on some new screenshots and I'm going to work on an app preview because I want to be able to showcase that. And it's also been something that in my outreach to press, like we're at the point now where I'm starting to send test light builds and things to, you know, people of the press, people, yeah, Apple editorial, Things like that. One of the things I've also done is recorded a quick, like, 60 second promo video that just shows all of the interactive widgets in use. 
because I think it's the same thing. Like I can write in a description that you can do this, this, and that with a you know with the widget, but in sixty seconds I can much more quickly convey that. So if you're reaching out to people, I would highly recommend just even just recording a quick you know uh, just just you know a screen capture of the simulator or whatever. However you need to do that um, to, to capture it, uh, but you know capture it in a video because. If something like interactivity is too lively to really convey in a you know in a static context. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I mean, I'm curious. I've actually I've never used uh, I've never made a video for my app. I've never done like you know video demos for people. I've certainly never made an app preview. Um, and that's not you know that's not because I was explicitly deciding not to. It was more like I just thought that I first of all I knew I didn't have the skills to make a good one. Um, and, and that's that's probably the biggest reason I haven't. And then second of all, it's been it's been kind of on the back burner. Like someday I should do that, and then I just never get to it. H- have you ever actually used an app preview? And do you have any any insider data on like how how much it matters? Um, so I, I when they first came out, I I made one. Um, and I'd say at that point it didn't seem like it made much of a difference. But it's in the same way. It's like I feel like I'm sure it helps to some degree that. If, you know, a good app preview is going to increase just the attractiveness of your app store page. And I'm in fact very curious this year to, you know, I'm going to do one of the app store AB tests with this and, you know, do a, a set of screenshots that are static and then have one that includes an app preview and see how the performance differs between them. And my instinct is that, you know, it'll be better, but the amount of betterness is going to be kind of the tricky question. Is it just like one or 2% better or is it like 10 or 20% better? Like that would make a big difference, but it's like either way, I think it's just something that's worth trying and experimenting with. And like I said, I think don't get too stuck on the goodness of this. I think I'm, my, at least the approach that I'm taking is I'm trying to do something that's, you know, sort of fairly straightforward. It's mostly just going to be, you know, quick little interaction videos with, you know, plain titles with it that it's like, you know, the, the, that's just like, you know, feature name and then a quick, you know, like five seconds of the feature being activated, five feature name, five seconds of the feature being active, just something like that. Like I'm not trying to do some crazy thing with after effects and motion graphics and all this. It's like, I'm just trying to be straight in sort of a very, fairly straightforward thing to do there. Um, and like, I don't know, that's the best I can do. And I hope that works. And then in the same way too, the other thing that I was also thinking of the benefit of this is, you know, with, with app previews, it's the ability to then that can potentially also be sharing that in other contexts that I can put it on YouTube shorts or TikTok or, you know, wherever, and it has the same impact. And hopefully I can reuse some of the video, um, the assets that I'm generating from that, uh, in other places too. So, but it's like, I am very new to this. It's more just something that I've decided I have to do this year because I think interactivity is so hard to communicate otherwise. And so it's like, I'll do the best I can, you know, in the next week or so. And it's like, hopefully that's good. And, you know, if they like fingers crossed beyond that, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I, you know, I, the, the whole area of like social media marketing and things like that, like I, I don't do any of that. And so it is, it's good to have like more assets you can use there. I mean, I, I, we've, you know, we've talked before about how like if I was ever going to hire somebody, I wouldn't hire another programmer. I would hire somebody who's good at all that stuff. So probably uh, ideally a combination of like a designer and a marketer, if that exists, the problem sure it does, where it's like somebody who could do screenshots the the video you know social media graphics app store promos like that kind of stuff all that stuff that i really am not good at and and really could use help on um and and i think that could unlock a lot of value for my app but anyway uh that's that's not for 
the week before <laughs> like the, the time to hire somebody new even with indeed uh is not right this second right before i have this giant deadline <laughs> so maybe i'll look into that afterwards yeah exactly though i will say on that it's one of those things that i remember last year i was coming into this this season being like i almost was like too prepared um where i made a bunch of it's every now and then app if you're fortunate enough for app store editorial to like feature your app they'll ask for these sort of standard sets of uh artwork essentially that they they request and that's what they use in their template uh in the app store and i thought oh this year i'm going to be so clever i'm going to hire a designer ahead of time he's going to make promo artwork for all my apps so that if i you know i'm fortunate enough they'll reach out and i'll have the artwork ready to go because it's probably useful to have it ready right away i did this got you know i hired the designer got the great artwork it was ready to go and i wasn't asked for any of that artwork that year so you know. I, I have found I've been asked for App Store promo artwork a couple of times. Um, I think I've been asked for it three or four times. They only ended up using it one of those times. Um, and I've I've had different designers do it over the years, different styles, tried out different like, different concepts. Um, and I have found like because it's because they ask for things relatively unpredictably, and because the things they ask for are actually slightly different every time like because you know they're asking for like you know header images that would fit certain app store templates and things like that well they redesign the app store every few years so the the specs for those templates change over time and the types of templates they're asking for and, and maybe the guides of like where certain elements should go those change over time so i found it is not worth making anything ahead of time just wait to get the request and have somebody you can go to to say oh i got a request and like if you ask around like designers who work around the ios field they are very familiar with these requests and they're able to turn them around quickly because everyone does this. Everyone's like, oh, crap, I got a request. I need something, you know, by three days from now. Can you do it? <laughs> and so, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, don't don't prepare ahead of time for that. Just just roll with the punches as they come. If, if you're lucky enough to get one of those requests, just, you know, go out to a designer real fast or do it yourself. Hope they pick you. And if they don't end up using it, like, you know, keep in mind that they might not use it. So maybe don't like dump your life savings into the creation of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what's your what's your final prep work here for uh, for the next few next week? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Like, my goal is to be ready. My goal is to like you know be able to showcase what it is I've been working on um, for all this time. So, you know, have the code ready, which I think I'm feeling vaguely reasonable about. You know, have you know put together some of the promotional artwork and reach out. You know, do those kinds of things. Um, I've definitely had to push a few features off this year that I was hoping to have done by now. I just didn't, and you know, but focused on other things. But I will say it's just something that we're probably worth saying at this point is there are likely some other developers out there who probably also have this feeling like I do, where I look at what I've done for this summer and I every now and then I catch myself with a like, oh man, this is this is terrible. This is awful. Like no one's gonna care. Like this, what have I been doing? You know, I've I've been toiling away for months and months on these features. No one's gonna care about them. I see all the issues and the problems and I kind of have that negativity that I find myself like is very common at this stage in the development process. And because of, this is my, you know, whatever, my 15th iOS release, I know exactly what that feeling is. And I've experienced it and can understand it better to that it is a, like, just a natural part of the process of I've been looking at this for so long. I've been exploring it. I know where all the problems are, where the issues or what are the things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do. I'm aware of all of that, and there's no novelty anymore for these features for me. Like They have completely lost any joy or novelty at this point because this has been my life for several months. And so because of that, 
I don't have that sort of that that joy and that richness that hopefully my customers will have and that inevitably I likely will have once I, you know in 14 days when iOS 17 potentially gets released it'll be much more exciting and so I just wanted to mention that now that if you're having that feeling that like oh man what have I been doing no one's going to care this is isn't going anywhere you know I wasted my summer like understand that almost certainly that is not the case and almost certainly it is coming from this place of this cycle of you have, you're excited at the beginning. Things are, you know, you come out of WDC and there's all these cool ideas and you work on things. And then, you know, when you make some progress, that can be super exciting and awesome. But inevitably that novelty is going to wear off and you're just in the drudgery and you've been staring at the same features and bugs and you take them for granted because you've been using them for months and months. And you've kind of, it's easy to forget that for your customers, it's going to be brand new. They've never seen this. They think that they're going to think it's cool and new and original because it will be cool and new and original. It's just not that's the, not the way that you feel right now. Yeah, that's that's a great way to look at it. I couldn't couldn't say it better myself, like because it is, you know, it's it, iOS 17 is is pretty fun in a few ways. Like it's not it's not like this massive flashy upgrade like some OS versions occasionally are. It, it's more of a, it's more of a collection of subtle changes and it's fun. And and again, like you know, we've been running the betas for months now. To us, it's it's almost old hat. Um, but yeah, it's going to be brand new to almost everyone else out there. So um, kind of you know, enjoy the ride and and you know, ha- have faith in in the novelty of the things you've done, and and people people will enjoy them. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for listening, everybody, and uh, good luck with the next two weeks. Because the next time we talk to you, will be right after the event, and so we're all going to be very busy, and we'll know what the new phones are and everything, and it should be pretty exciting. So, uh, anyway, we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye.